Often after we celebrate the resurrection of Jesus, we just go right back to doing whatever we were doing before Easter came along. But the story of Jesus doesn't come to an end after the resurrection. And so what I want us to do in this session and at least one more session after this is to think about and look at what the Bible says about what happened after Jesus's resurrection. So in the next session, we'll talk about how Jesus ascended back into heaven and perhaps go ahead and go into Jesus's session where he was seated at God's right hand. But today in this session, what I want to do is look at what happened in between the resurrection of Jesus from the dead and Jesus's ascension back into heaven. And so what we're going to do first is look at a couple of places in the New Testament where we get a sort of summary of what happened right after Jesus's resurrection. And then we're going to look at some specific stories that occurred in between Jesus's resurrection and his ascension back into heaven. So first, let's look at a couple of summaries of what happened after Jesus uh, rose from the dead. The first one comes from the book of Acts, chapter 1. Of course, Acts continues the story that the Gospel of Luke tells. Uh, I mean, it picks up more or less in the same place that all the Gospels end, but it was written by Luke, uh, just like the Gospel of Luke was. So Acts was written by Luke, and Acts continues the story of the Gospel of Luke. And here's what it says in verse 3. So right at the beginning of the book, verse 3 of chapter 1, Luke tells us about Jesus. He presented himself alive to them after his suffering by many proofs, appearing to them during 40 days and speaking about the kingdom of God. Now that is a great summary statement of what happened after Jesus rose from the dead. He presented himself alive to his disciples. So he showed himself to them, showed them that he was risen from the dead. Um, he did that by many proofs, he says. Then he says this was after his suffering, which of course refers to his death. So after he died, he showed himself to his disciples, showed them that he was alive, gave them many proofs of the fact that he was risen from the dead. And then he says he did this uh, over a period of 40 days. He says he appeared to them during 40 days. So this was not just like a day or two of Jesus showing up uh, alive and and have come out of the tomb, right? But this is days and days, weeks and weeks of Jesus uh, appearing to his disciples over a, an extensive period of time, right? Over a month. Uh, and it says what he was doing what he, was he was speaking about the kingdom of God. So not only was he showing himself to them and showing them that he was alive, risen from the dead, but he was also teaching them. He was speaking to them about the kingdom. All right, so that's our that's our first summary. The second summary comes in 1 Corinthians chapter 15. Some of you will know this chapter as uh, one of the longest, if not the longest, chapter in the Bible on the subject of resurrection. It talks about both Jesus' resurrection and our resurrection. And early on in that chapter, Paul establishes uh, the importance and significance or reminds the church of the importance and significance of the death and resurrection of Jesus. Where he says, For I delivered to you as of first importance what I also received, 
that Christ died for our sins in accordance with the scriptures, that he was buried, that he was raised on the third day in accordance with the scriptures. But he doesn't stop there. What happened, what does Paul tell us happened after Jesus rose from the dead on the third day in accordance with Old Testament prophecy? Well, here's what he goes on to say. And, so after he rose from the dead, and that he appeared to Cephas, that's another name for Peter. Peter's got lots of names. Cephas, Peter, uh, Simon, right? So this is Peter. That he appeared to uh, to Cephas, then to the twelve. Then he appeared to more than 500 brothers at one time, most of whom are still alive, though some have fallen asleep. Then he appeared to James, then to all the apostles. Last of all, as to one untimely born, he appeared also to me. So he says, Jesus appeared to Peter. Then he appeared to the 12, which at this point is 11, right? Because Judas um, killed himself after he betrayed Jesus. Uh, so he appeared to, see, to Peter, then to the 12, the, the disciples. Then he says to 500 brothers at one time. So a large group of believers all saw Jesus at once. Uh, then he says that he appeared to James. That's probably Jesus's half-brother, James. Um, and then it says all the apostles, and then it says Paul. Now, Paul says, uh, you know, this was last of all, as to one untimely born, he appeared also to me. Because this appearance is after Jesus has ascended back into heaven. Paul's on the road to Damascus going to persecute Christians, and Jesus appears to him on the road. That's uh, Jesus' appearance to Paul doesn't happen uh, in the same time frame as these other appearances do, which happened during that 40-day period that uh, Luke was talking about in Acts chapter 1. So that, that's kind of our summary, right? Paul gives us a list of some of the specific appearances, and Luke tells us in Acts 1, sort of in general, that over a period of 40 days, he appeared to his disciples and gave them all these proofs and was teaching them about the kingdom of God. So let's look at some stories now that sort of fill out those summary statements. What happened? What did Jesus do? What did Jesus say? What kind of proofs did he give to his disciples? Well, one of the proofs that he gives comes in the Gospel of Luke chapter 24, beginning in verse 36. And in this story, what Jesus is doing is he's demonstrating to his disciples that he's not a spirit, he's not a ghost, that he has bodily risen from the dead. And notice how he does this, all right? Beginning in verse 36 of Luke 24. It says, As they were talking about these things, Jesus himself stood among them and said to them, Peace to you. But they were startled and frightened and thought they saw a spirit. And he said to them, Why are you troubled? And why do doubts arise in your hearts? See my hands and my feet. Of course, that will be where the uh, nails uh, went in when he was crucified. So these are marks on his resurrected body that identify him as Jesus who was crucified. See my hands and my feet that it is I myself. Touch me and see, for a spirit does not have flesh and bones as you see that I have. So he invites them to touch him and Feel him so they can know that he's not a, a ghost, he's not a spirit, that he's got flesh and blood, that his physical body has been raised from the dead. And it says, um, uh, and while they still disbelieved for joy and were marveling, he said to them, have you anything here to eat? 
They gave him a piece of broiled fish, and he took it and ate before them. This is also one of the ways he's proving to them, demonstrating that to them that he's really alive. He's eating food in front of them, right, to show, I'm, again, I'm not a ghost. I'm not a spirit. He's not just some, you know, appearance or apparition. He is physically present there. He is physically alive. He has been bodily raised from the dead. And so he says, touch me, look at the marks on my body. Here, I'll eat some food in front of you to show you that I really am alive. In a similar story, in John chapter 20, Jesus appears to Thomas. Remember, Thomas uh, said he wasn't going to believe that Jesus was risen from the dead. He'd, he'd heard others say that Jesus was alive, and he said, I'm not going to believe it until I see it, right? So um, it says, eight days later, this is in John 20, starting verse 26, eight days later, his disciples were inside again, and Thomas was with them. Although the doors were locked, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. Then he said to Thomas, Put your finger here and see my hands, and put out your hand and place it in my side. Do not disbelieve, but believe. Thomas answered, My Lord and my God. Jesus said to him, Have you believed because you have seen me? Blessed are those who have not seen and yet have believed. So likewise to Thomas, Jesus says, Look, Put your hands in the places where I was crucified. See for yourself, touch for yourself, and know that I really am alive, that I'm risen from the dead, that it is me, and that I have been resurrected. So those are two examples of proofs that Jesus gave to his disciples to show them that he really was alive. Now, Luke also told us in Acts chapter 1 that uh, during this time when Jesus was appearing to his disciples over these 40 days, that he was teaching them about the kingdom of God or speaking to them about the kingdom of God. What was he saying? Well, one of the things he was saying we find in Luke 24, starting in verse 44, and it says this, As Then he said to them, These are my words that I spoke to you while I was still with you, that everything written about me in the law of Moses and the prophets and the Psalms must be fulfilled. Then he opened their minds to understand the scriptures and said to them, Thus it is written that the Christ should suffer and on the third day rise from the dead, and that repentance for the forgiveness of sins should be proclaimed in his name to all nations, beginning from Jerusalem. You are witnesses of these things. And behold, I am sending the promise of my Father upon you, but stay in the city until you are clothed with power from on high. All right, now you didn't hear the phrase kingdom of God in there, but that is what Jesus is talking about. The kingdom of God is the, the best um, sort of definition that I've ever come across for the kingdom of God uh, is it's God's saving reign. It's God coming to save his people and rule over them uh, for their good. And uh, in the Old Testament, right, there's lots of kingdom language and there's a literal kingdom right in Israel with the king like David and Solomon. But from David was promised a Messiah, a king who would reign on David's throne. And this Messiah comes to save his people, to deliver them. And so when Jesus is saying, hey, all this was written before in the law, in the prophets, in the Psalms, and it's now been fulfilled in me. It was written about me. It's been fulfilled in me. Right, um, my death, my resurrection, the preaching of the gospel, all of that is rooted in the Old Testament scriptures. What he's saying to them is that what happened to him 
is the fulfillment of the Old Testament, and he has brought about the kingdom of God anticipated in the Old Testament. It has now been brought into uh, either into reality or into a, a new fullness of reality, however you want to think about that. Uh, Jesus, when he came at the beginning of his ministry, said the kingdom of heaven is at hand, right? The kingdom of God is near. And so he brought the kingdom um, and he's explaining to them now, teaching them, showing them now how the things in the Old Testament that were about him have now been fulfilled in him as he has come to save and to reign as the Messiah, as the King, as God's promised Savior, right? He's the one who's seated on David's throne now and uh, fulfills all those things. So he was teaching them about that as well during that time. And we do have, uh, I do want to point out a couple of stories where these appearances to to uh, a particular individual or to a group occur. So, for example, Paul singled out that um, Jesus appeared to Cephas, right? Jesus appeared to Peter. And Luke gives us uh, a hint of this as well in Luke 24, when it says, um, they arose that same hour and returned to Jerusalem. I think he's talking about the two disciples who Jesus met on the road to Damascus, or not the road to Damascus, on the road to Emmaus. Uh, So they rose that same hour and returned to Jerusalem, and they found the eleven, and those who were with them gathered together, saying, The Lord has risen indeed, and has appeared to Simon. Right? So uh, there's that mention again of Simon. Then they told what had happened on the road, and how he was known to them in the breaking of the bread. So there were these two men on the road to Emmaus. They, uh, Jesus joins them. They don't realize it's Jesus at first. Uh, They don't realize until later who it is that they're talking to. So Jesus has appeared to these two men. And then when they get back to Jerusalem to say, we saw Jesus, then the disciples that are there, they've also heard about this. And they say, Jesus has appeared to Cephas now. Right. So Luke tells us about that. And um, Paul tells us about that in 1 Corinthians 15. And then in John 20, uh, we get a story about Jesus appearing to his disciples as a group. So in chapter 20 of John, uh, verse 1, it says, After this, Jesus revealed himself again. Or excuse me, I think this is chapter 21, actually. Uh, After this, Jesus revealed himself again to the disciples by the Sea of Tiberias. So he's already appeared to his disciples at least once. Now he's appearing to them again. And it says, and he revealed himself in this way. So again, this is the appearance that Luke is talking about in Acts. Uh, It says, Jesus said to them, so I'm I'm kind of skipping ahead in the story now. Jesus said to them, come and have breakfast. They've been out fishing, and uh, when Jesus told them uh, what to do, they caught a lot of fish and so on. Jesus said to them, come and have breakfast. And then it says, now none of the disciples dared ask him, who are you? They knew it was the Lord. Jesus came and took the bread and gave it to them, and so with the fish. This was now the third time that Jesus was revealed to the disciples after he was raised from the dead. So John tells us, he gives us a story right of Jesus appearing to the disciples on the sea of Tiberias when they'd gone fishing. And he says, this is the third time uh, that Jesus had appeared to the disciples. So just like Luke said, this happened uh, over a, uh, an extended period of time, over a period of 40 days. Now, why is this so significant? Well, for one thing, this is part of the story of Jesus. This is part of what's in the Bible, right? We need to know this, that it didn't just uh, happen that Jesus died and then he rose and then that that's it. That's not the end of the story. Uh, the other thing we need to know about this is 
All of these appearances and instructions are really, really important for at least two reasons. There are probably lots of others, but let me give you at least two. One of the reasons that these stories are so important, these both the summaries and the stories themselves, is because it was during this time that Jesus' disciples became convinced that Jesus was risen from the dead and because of that were able to preach as witnesses who had seen the resurrected Christ. They were able to preach and willing to put their lives on the line because they were not just talking about something that they had heard or a theory they had come up with. They were bearing witness to what they had seen. We saw Jesus alive. He is risen from the dead. He is the Messiah. He is the fulfillment of the scriptures. He is the one promised by God. So they were able to give eyewitness testimony with certainty and conviction because Jesus did all these things, all these proofs, right, and all these appearances to show them and make it abundantly clear to them that he was really and truly alive. So that's the first thing. The second thing is, the second reason why this is so important is because the apostles are the ones who uh, gave us the New Testament, right? Now it's inspired by God. The Holy Spirit is enabling them uh, to write the scripture so that what the apostles write is not ultimately their word, but God's word. But it's coming through the apostles and they had to be taught and instructed so they would know what to say uh, to us and how to explain to us about Jesus and the kingdom of God and what Christ had accomplished and how it fulfilled the Old Testament. So when Jesus opens their minds to understand the scriptures and, and lays out for them how the things that happened to him were things that were written ahead of time in the scriptures that had to be fulfilled in him as he's teaching them, speaking to them about the kingdom of God in between his resurrection and his ascension. He is equipping them then not only to bear witness about his resurrection, but also to teach and instruct those who would believe so that we could also understand the scriptures and know what it looks like to live as people who are part of the kingdom of God. The instruction the apostles give us in uh, the Gospels and in uh, the letters of the New Testament. Think of 1st and 2nd Peter, 1st, 2nd, 3rd John, and so on. Uh, that instruction comes to us from men who were instructed by Jesus. And of course they were instructed by him throughout uh, his earthly ministry, right? We see that in the Gospels as well. But we also know the disciples didn't really understand a lot of what Jesus was saying when he was saying it. It was not until after his resurrection that some of the things that Jesus had said and things that Jesus had done began to click for them, began to make sense for them, right? And Jesus was putting some of those things together for them as he, as Luke says in Luke 24, opened their minds to understand the scriptures. So our New Testament, right, of course, tells us the story of Jesus's birth and life and death and resurrection. Uh, and, it, and it bears witness to the preaching of the apostles and the instruction of the apostles. Uh, they unfold for us the, the good news about Jesus and what it looks like to live in light of that good news once we have uh, turned from our sin and trusted in Christ. 
and even revealed some things that are um, still ahead of us, right? In the book of Revelation, in John's, um, the, the revelation of Christ that John received uh, in the book we call Revelation. But uh, all of that comes to us through these men who were instructed not only by Jesus during his earthly ministry, but also between his resurrection and ascension. Right After he had risen from the dead and before he returned to heaven, he spent time with those men, showing himself to those men, teaching those men. And what we have in the New Testament, uh, much of that, I suspect, comes out of uh, not just Jesus' earthly ministry and his time with the disciples in that period, but also with his instruction to them in those 40 days when things began to all come together now that Jesus had already died and already risen and shown himself to them as resurrected, bodily risen from the dead, uh, that he also taught them. And from that teaching, I suspect, uh, is where much of our New Testament comes from. So I hope you found that instructive, beneficial, helpful, encouraging. And next time we're willing, we'll talk about the session of Christ and perhaps also the Excuse me, the ascension of Christ and perhaps also the session of Christ. God bless.